I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 podcast as we wrap up the first month of baseball. Eric, uh, I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside, of course, Eric LeBou. And by God, we've made it through a month, and we still have a winning record. Yeah, we do have a winning record, man. And I mean, the whole time we're like, oh, I would have taken 500, man, any day, any day of the week. Now we're like 16 and 12 uh, going into the, the game today against the Braves, and we're like, God, man, like we could be so much better. You we know could I mean? be. Because we went on that crappy, it was like a four or five game skid. Yeah. Um, there looks like they're giving away today's game while they're at it. Well, that was going into going into last week, our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Like they had won one game, and then <laughs> That's Sunday. Won, yeah, and then like this last week, they've lost one game. Yeah. So it's been like a roller coaster of, of ups and downs. The and ebbs and it's flows. been a fun ride so far. It has, but I still think they finished close to five hundred. Their run difference was awful, but yeah, um, nonetheless, they are doing. Pretty well, all things considered. Um, Now, before we get started, we're going to do a quick uh, month review of the show here. Um, But before we do so, um, more controversy coming out of the second base position (laughs) as we speak, as it continues to be the most interesting storyline that has developed for the 2019 season. Uh, Luis Arias has six home runs in Triple A's at five in like the last two games, including three yesterday, one to left, one to center, and one to right. Meanwhile, Ian Kinsler still sucks. Yeah, it's you know what, those three homers, it's it's cool to see three homers. We all know the ball's juice, we all know it's Vegas and whatever. Yeah. Um it's good to see that he's not striking out in Triple A. It's good to see those three homers, one was to each part of the field, which I really like. If we're being honest and I don't want to be, you know, that guy. I think only his home run to left gets out anywhere else. Probably. I think the other two are just, you know, I think they're out. Yeah. But I don't care. Like, he's he's making contact, and it's fine. But, yeah, at second base, Ian Kinsler, he's still there. Like, Ty France is called up, and for everything that we can see so far, he's handling major league pitching just fine, but he's not getting a shot. He has more hits in his first two at, first three at-bats than Kinsler had the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, man. It's like Andy makes it a point to say, oh, Ty's coming up because he's going to be a, a bat off the bench. And it's like, the guy's red hot down in El Paso. Like, why are yeah. you bringing him up? Like, there's an opportunity for him to get playing time. And, and now you see Tatis, our lord and savior, uh, did a, a very, very sensual split <laughs> <laughs> there on so Sunday. I was that. extremely aroused. Um, but he was hurt. You know, he got hurt from it. And, um, you know, he goes down and you're like, oh, man, what are they going to do? Like, shortstop is a gaping hole right now. Oh, wait, shit. We have a superstar at third base who can also play shortstop. But, uh, Such an easy fix. Yeah, Andy doesn't want to put him there. So Andy's like, first of all, he's like, well, we can't play uh, Ty France at second base because he's not a second baseman. He's a corner infielder. Well, now, guess what? It sucks that Tatis is gone, but hey, you have Machado who can slide right over to shortstop and put Ty France where? In a corner infield position where he belongs. But instead, the first game, maybe he does that, you know, going forward. Hopefully Tatis isn't out for long, but um, instead, he starts Machado back at third. He puts Greg Garcia at shortstop, who made a terrible play on a bunt that Hosmer, they I think they gave Hosmer the air. They may have taken it away. And you have Kinsler at second base. So now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, hmm, I'm just trying to do the math. And like it's like that conspiracy meme where he has all the things up, and he's pointing at it. At this time, <laughs> like not only has Ian Kinsler taken away opportunities from Luis Urias to get his opportunity, but... Now he's taken away from Ty France because he's finding ways to manipulate the infield to where Ian Kinsler still gets to play, even though there's a chance for Ty France to get in there, mm-hmm. and he's doing everything he can to take that opportunity away from him. Like, I don't get why he insists on making Kinsler happen. Kinsler is not going to happen. I agree with not. you. And the idea that, oh, Ty France isn't a second baseman... Well, asshole, it didn't stop you from putting Will Myers in center field. And or third base. Yeah, or third base, and it sure as shit didn't stop you from putting Perella at second base, <laughs> who's even less of a second baseman than a guy who's actually yeah. an infielder. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, the only thing I would worry about Ty France is turning the double play. But beyond that, I can't remember who said it on Twitter. Somebody mentioned it on Twitter, but... And that, I'm so sick of complaining about Andy Green. I really am. I don't even complain about it. It's just this one thing. Like, the other stuff I think he handles well. I give him credit. I love the way he's handled Renfro so far. I think he's... He's avoided uh, the Renfro slumps, um, you know, when Renfro has the shits and he can't hit because he's using him relatively sparingly. But the idea that, like, 
It's his, it's his excuses, right? Like, Ty France comes up, and he literally right off the bat says, nope, he's coming off the bench. He's yeah. not starting. Then why is he here? Yeah. Then why is he here? Number one, number two, it's like the idea that, oh, he can't play, he's a second baseman, or he's not a second baseman. You've been playing guys out of position your entire tenure, which I understand you have to make do with what you got, but, yeah. I mean, for God's sakes. And now, and, and not to say, like, this Tatis injury is great, but it does present an opportunity to mix things up and make sense of things where you can move your superstar third baseman who went into free agency wanting to be a shortstop and say, hey, we need you to play short until he comes back. Are you okay with that? You think Manny's going to say no? Of course, of course I'm not. okay with it. Yeah, yeah, he moved over yesterday. Did you see that play he made? Yes, Good I did. Good Lord. Yes, I did. Wow. Yes, I did. Dude, I lost it. I'm surprised he didn't take Tatis by the belt and throw him into the dugout when he got hurt <laughs> just so he can move over. But yeah. there's your opportunity to get Ty France regular at bats, and it drives me nuts. Now, to be fair, he could still do that going forward. Yeah. he. he I mean, maybe tomorrow he does it and, and redeems himself. I doubt it. But maybe. Ty France, I don't know what more he needs to do coming off cold off the bench to get a spot start, but he's not going to. Kinsler's in the lineup today. Why? He hasn't done anything. And another article released today, um, I don't know if it was today, but uh, John Conniff shared this with us um, from The Athletic that just further, you know, dives into the fact that Kinsler is toast. Yeah. He's He's not Fran Reyes who, you know, has an expected batting average of like 300 because he's just crushing balls like He's not much better, if at all, than what his you know peripherals say he is. Because yeah. he can't hit, and he's not doing much. He on can't defense. hit the fastball. It, it, yeah, he can't hit the or fastball. or anything else for that yeah. matter. He couldn't hit water if it was swinging in a rainstorm. It's so frustrating, <laughs> especially because like I don't think you can expect Arias to hit like he's hitting in, in AAA. Like right, we already know it's an inflated offensive uh, environment, anyways. Um, I mean, Hedges like tore it up there. Yeah. So we know that, but. I would rather run with a kid who's struggling, who's 21 years old, has a track record of hitting at every level, is better or is as good or better already defensively than the guy we got, is clearly going to be a better base runner because Kinsler is awful at base running and can't hit. At least, you know, Rios has some upside and mix in some Ty France in there because to me, like, worst case scenario, like, best case scenario, Ty France is like Jan Hervis Solarte. He's probably not that good defensively, but he is at least a borderline, you know, Everyday regular for a couple years, and probably a really great bat to have off the bench, right? Yeah. Like that's that's probably his highest upside. And then you have Greg Garcia, who I think is a pretty solid backup. And now you've got Urias and Tatis up the middle, which is great. It just it's so much better than like Kinsler. Like I don't know why Kinsler is even even if he were to go to the bench, that'd be a waste because I think Urias starting with Garcia and France as your backup core is a way better combination than anything Kinsler is involved with. I think I think one of the things that's really like pissed me off the most in this first month is how everyone's kind of like, hmm, I think the Padres have made up their mind on Urias already. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, maybe he's a 4A player. Have you ever considered that? Or when they're 22. Yeah. Yeah. 22. And and then you and then you hear people and they're like, "Ah, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, I've I've heard from people inside the club that they think he's just Marco Scudero." Marco Scudero wasn't bad. Like He's every team, solid. every team could use a Marco Scudero. Not all of your prospects are going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like I don't want to. I'm this fine is... with him being Scudero, even if that's like. If that's what he is, that's what yeah. he is. I think he's Howie Kendrick with better defense. Not to lump everybody into, you know, minority comps, but I think he's what he is. He's That's what Howie Kendrick was. High contact, back control guy, but I think Urias is going to be better defensively. Like, I'd be happy if he was Mark Loretta. I would love. Mark Loretta's like probably maybe. The greatest second baseman in Padres history. Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> don't at me. I would be really happy if he was Mark Loretta. That would I'm be fine with that. And I, I gen, I generally don't really care for comms, but just like yeah. when I see that, and I'm like, hmm, and everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think Urias has it, man. I don't think he has it. I'm like, he's played like twenty something games in his pro career the in best. the major league level. It's like, can we give him a chance for <laughs> once? Like everyone, everyone, dude, they always love to say like, oh man. Rizzo, everyone points to Rizzo. Rizzo didn't get any opportunity to prove himself. Guess what? Rizzo played 40, uh, 80 games for the Padres. I did looked he? this up earlier think, today. I don't think he played that many, did he? I want, was it 80? No, 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 no. It might have been 40. 80 at bats. No, he, uh, 40. Because I know that um, Urias was about half of what he played. So he played about half so far of what Rizzo got. And Rizzo's the first guy that we like to point to and say, we fucked up. 
And so now after half of the opportunity that Rizzo even got, we're sitting here with our, our one of our top prospects saying, ah, I think he's done. Like we're really, a lot of people are jumping to conclusions. Rizzo was the very same quickly. age. He was 21 years old. He got 49 games and 153 plate appearances. And he put up a stellar minus half a win. People and then are, we dumped him for Andrew Kastner. People are jumping to conclusions very quickly on Urias and on Mejia. Yeah. And, dude, it obviously... You know what? Of all years past, like, I, I think this year I'm, I'm most happy because I'm only complaining about second base and, and catcher. catcher. And even then... Like, We're not the, really complaining about catcher, though. I think we just want more of a timeshare than it has been. Yeah, I mean, even then, the catcher that we have is fine. Yeah. He's just not what I want right now. But yeah. he, it's not like he's... Um, trash. No, defensively, he's good. He's trash offensively. He's but, fine if you're married to him, but you have that uh, you know sexy young piece in the back that maybe you got a shot at. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just I I, I don't understand it. Everyone's made up their mind on Mejia too, and that's another pet peeve of mine. It's like if you want to say like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't think this guy, yeah, you know, right now is the right fit. That's fine, but to sit there and be like, oh, he doesn't have it, you know, and every time Mejia strikes out or he chases a pitch, everyone ats me and they're like. Oh, hey, that's your boy. And I'm like, yeah, that's also a guy who's had 100 plate appearances in the show. Like, let's relax. Oh, wow, a rookie chased a pitch out of the zone. Shocker. You know what I mean? It's just like, these guys are rookies. And I feel like everyone holds these guys to a much higher standard at this point, And they expect them to be fully ready. And that's not the case. Does anybody remember how pissed people were when Hedges came up? And we basically ran with Derek Norris for two years, even though after year one we pretty much knew, okay, Oakland was right. Derek Norris is probably a platoon player. Yeah. And we just buried Hedges in the minor leagues up until like the final month of the season, and people were furious. Does anybody remember that? I remember that. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, I made this point because people were comparing like Hunter Renfro's not getting opportunity. Hunter Renfro's like the same age as Will Myers. (laughs) I think people view him as this young guy because you know because he hasn't been around that long. But Hunter Renfro was four years older than Urias when he made his debut. He is what he is, and I like the way they're using him. To say it like, oh, you know, look at him earning his spot. I'm like, he's been in the major leagues. This is his third full season, <laughs> and he played pretty much every day from September call up on. Like the job was pretty much his until Fran Mel Reyes showed up last year. Whereas yeah. Urias and Mejia, they're kind of like like Urias especially. Like he's not getting any opportunity. Mejia is playing a is playing a position that you get better at with reps and age, and trying to bat and learn a pitching staff all at the same time while playing like thirty five percent of the time. Like that's not, in my opinion, how you handle a young catcher who you think is going to start. I also hate the idea of well, let's just move him to second base. No, that's what fucked him up in the first place because <laughs> Cleveland spent like two years trying to convert him to the left side of the field and fucked up his catching. So now he's like a year or two behind in that. Now, to be fair, to to kind of come to the defense of the people who've been saying him at second base, here's the way and the reason why I don't get pissed off at people saying that is here's how... I don't how, get pissed. I just don't like the idea. Well, here's how I interpret that. I feel like people, when they say that, they're like, hey, he's clearly not getting reps behind the plate. So let's just put him at second base so that 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 way, hey, you know what? Maybe the defense isn't there, but at least he gets at-bats. That's the way that I think these people are trying to frame it. And I'm kind of okay. I don't want to see him at second base, but I, I feel like he'd be wasting his time because the Indians already moved him off of catcher and took some reps behind the plate off him uh, from there. So I don't want the Padres to do that also by putting him at second base just to get some at-bats so that yeah. Austin Hedges can play. Well, like, they stuck him in left field and decided to abandon ship on that. He can't play left field. What makes you think he can play second base? Yeah, <laughs> so... I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, it, it does feel really good to only be mad about two positions and not and really nine. Just, really, just one. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not eight. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Reyes and Renfro and how they're using Renfro. And to to Andy Green's credit, um, I like the usage of Renfro. Like, I love it. I I feel like their outfield, the way that they've used their outfield, I, I kind of dig it, man. Like Myers out in center field, just going off the eye test, he hasn't looked that bad. He hasn't looked as bad as what I thought They're he They're limiting had. his the number of ops he's getting out Big there, which time. I like. Big time. Which is okay as a plug-in. Yeah. And they're running him out there every day in 2015. It was a train wreck. Yeah, exactly. So if, if they're giving him limited looks at center, I think it's passable. Uh, but the way that okay. they're factoring in, Reyes, Reyes is the starter. Like yeah. That's been established by the way that he's been swinging the bat. He's the starter. And Renfro, like you said, by having him come off the bat, you kind of are off the bench, you kind of limit his slumps. Like, he can't go through the big drought yeah. because he's just used sporadically. And I feel like that's fine. Like, it, it really says a lot to the team. Like, 
to have him and his bat come off the lineup or come off the bench late in the game. Like that's a good yeah. piece to have. He's played 25 of the 28 games going into tonight. Now he's starting tonight because um, he had a good series, and I think it's it's fair. But he's played 25 of 28 games. I started 17, and he subbed an eight. So you know they're clearly taking advantage of him while he's hot. And I think you're right. You know, using him the way they are is avoiding the slumps because you can pick and choose your spots. You can put like he's in there tonight against a rookie pitcher, which I think is fine. You know, hey, maybe he runs into a mistake. Well, I think they put him and Reyes out there to give yeah. Myers a day off because Myers has been scuffling. Yeah, a lot Big lately. time. Yeah. I think he struck out, what, 11 of his last Hunter the Beer Kid had something on there that I, I ignored <laughs> because it was just heartbreaking to read. Yeah. But uh, it happens. Yeah. You know? Where's Hosmer getting a day off? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's a great point. You know, Ty France can play first base. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the times, and I've also noticed that it seems like Renfro's being brought in as a late inning replacement for mm-hmm. Reyes as far as like for defense which is kind of weird which is I mean I yeah. think he's better than Reyes but not substantially so where I'd want to lose Reyes's bat well you got to talk to Andy about that <laughs> god <laughs> yeah and then uh yesterday sure he'll say uh, you know Reyes has never played this late in the game so we want to get somebody who's used to being out there for nine innings yeah yesterday you have uh Framil Reyes it's late in the game and he gets pulled for a pinch runner and the pinch runner is none other than 36-year-old corpse Ian Kinsler. <laughs> in which the two of them, I want to see the two of them in a foot race. Because I think, I think Fran Reyes can beat him. I think it's based on strides. Now, there's this thing called toot blands. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's thrown out on the bases like a uh, nincompoop. Right. Um, I want to see, I wonder if Ian Kinsler is leading the league in toot blands. Because he has cost us, I think, at least, like, possibly two games. Oh, but you know what? He would do it again. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you know, there are some positives. I mean, I love talking about the negatives. There's a lot of positives. It's easier to talk about the negatives. Well, yeah, because I love to bitch. I love to bitch about stuff. But um, the positives, dude, 16 and 12. I feel like Machado still hasn't got rolling yet. Like, he's he's kind of, he's slowly making his ascent. He's not the guy, you know, he hasn't hit the ground running, you know, um, he hasn't hit the ground taken off like we had hoped, but at the same time, his defense shows up every single day, which, of course, that's what we hope for, and that's what he did. And, and his offense Part of what is, you're paying him for. Exactly. His, his offense has been a little bit slower to come around than what we had hoped. He's getting on base at a, at a solid clip, which is fine, but you know the, uh, the power, it's not really there quite yet, which is fine. No one, aside from uh, Davey Leland, no one's freaking out. <laughs> no one's freaking out because it's Manny Machado, and, and he's going to be just fine. So... Um, Despite Machado's slow start, the Padres are still putting wins together, and they're still doing it. Now, how are they getting to that point? Their starting rotation has been way better than you, I, or anyone could have imagined. I would love to see if anybody called that their pitching was going to be better than expected, as it's currently comprom- uh, comprised of. The one person that I saw who put that out there, um, RJ's Fro. I saw RJ's Fro say, hey, you know what? I'm kind of sitting here. The rotation might not be that bad. And that's the one guy that I can remember at least saying that. And, I mean, I was kind of on the stance of, like, hey, if you kind of squint, you could see it. But yeah. then when, like, Margavichus broke the rotation, I'm like, oh, Ugh. God, dude, this is going to be terrible. soft-tossing lefties. Yeah, this is going to be terrible. But to the rotation's credit, they've, dude, they've carried their weight, man. And it's it's been uh, it's been very interesting. It's been the most surprising part of this season for me so far. I would 100% agree. I think we kind of, like, I, we may have said it last week, but we kind of knew what to expect from Paddock. Um just because, you know, he's probably their best arm. Um, I think you knew what to expect with Lucchese, even though he got torched yesterday. It's going to happen with him. Like, Lucchese is not he is not a number one starter. He's only the best starter on this team because we didn't have anybody. Right. Uh, but he's probably more of a number four. Um, and then, you know, Lauer is Lauer. He's soft. You know, Nick's got hurt, I think, which kind of was like, oh, you know, what are we going to do now? Like, we're already thin to begin with. Right. Um, but Margavichus has been a nice surprise. Um, you know, for the most part, he's, he's given him five you know, getting into the six and then getting yanked, but he's giving him five or six a night. He's keeping him in the ball game, and he is smoke and mirroring his way um, <laughs> through being a pretty solid back end starter. Strom has been on a fucking tear. Yeah, I didn't want to drop the, the f bombs, but God Almighty, somebody put numbers that where Strom has like, I think three walks in his last three starts, but he hasn't walked anybody in the last two. Yeah, like he's just been on a tear. He he looked awful 
his uh, and his his uh, season opener, and since then he has just been absolute money. Yeah, that he's he's been a lot of fun to watch. And again, he's throwing that slider and throwing. He threw a complete game, right? Uh, eight innings. Eight innings. There you yeah. go, dude. Yeah. If Strom uses his slider as much as he's been using it, I love having him as a starter. Absolutely, I he's, love it. Tyson go, Ross with exactly. better command. Go to what you're good at. You're yeah. good at the slider. Throw the slider. Spot the fastball and throw the slider. And then you have um, Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer's been Eric Lauer. I know you were almost said Eric Stoltz. No, no, no. <laughs> Eric Lauer's been Eric Lauer, man. Like, he's in there, and, like, where did the 95-mile-an-hour Eric Lauer go? Like, that's a guy I want back. Every time I see him, he's sitting 91, 92, and I'm like... Haven't paid the guy doing the gun his 20 bucks yet. What What does Eric Lauer do well? He shows up, Eric, and he puts on his cleats and punches in every day for work. That's what he does. Blue-collar American. I'm serious. Even if, because we used to say, and, and um, for those of you who have listened for a while, I mentioned it uh, a while back, but I used to really want you to start a blog called The Spinning Friar. <laughs> because you used to be able <laughs> yeah. to sit there and spin anything. This was before anything. the Latos and Rizzo trades, mind yeah. you. Yes. You would well. be able to spin anything, and it would drive me nuts. So let's put on your Spinning Friar hat. <laughs> What is Eric Lauer good at? He shows up every day. He no, strikes. No, no, on the field. I don't care about showing I'm up. Because, of course, he's, Ian Kinsler shows up every day. He's healthy. Ian Kinsler puts his spikes if, on, if, and he's healthy. If he had what does he do well? It, he's healthy. <laughs> he throws strikes. He sucks. He's What's his ZRA right now? Do I don't know? know. I don't know either. I'm, I'm, let me look it up. Because I honestly, he sucks. I'm having a hard time. I, he feels a, he's a warm body who is a... <laughs> decently mediocre major league pitcher. Like, he goes out there and he'll give you some innings. And, I mean, he's been worth minus a quarter of a win. He's got a 4-4-1 ERA. What's his ERA plus? 94? So there it is. That's what he is. He gives you a mediocre back-end starter who will keep you in some games and occasionally will flip a gem up, you know, once a month. He has a good pickoff move. He does, yeah. He's basically peak Clayton Richard. Yeah. (laughs) I a mean, solid number five starter. That's what he is. So let guys get on first and pick them off. <laughs> yeah. Have a 10 whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically... One walk for three walks per inning, but nobody gets past first. That's that's basically it. So, yeah, I was I was kind of watching him in his last start, and I was like, man, like I can't think of one thing other than pickoffs that he does well. You can say that about Margavich's. Basically, I, I like how Lauer... Like, Margavich is a poor man's Lauer, and Lauer is like a poor man's enter-crafty lefty here. Right. It's it's, it's just like... At least Lucchese strikes guys out, I think, for the most part. Like, he can run the K numbers up there, but... Yeah, you know, yeah. yesterday's game against the Nationals, it it was it really bummed me out. Because the, the Tatis Ugh. injury really bummed me out, but the Padres, they... The whole year, we're like, God, man, like, can we get these guys some run support? And Lucchese has a 6-0 lead, and they cough up the lead. Like... He didn't get he yanked quick way, enough. Well, yeah, you can make that argument, yeah. and I would listen, absolutely. But, like, he got way too comfortable with that lead, man. Like, he got lazy. I didn't watch and, the game, so I didn't see. Yeah, he got lazy, and he got way too comfortable with that with that six-run lead. And next thing you know, I think it was four runs in one inning. Boom, done. Yeah. And now they're right back in the game. <laughs> and then he gets taken out. Adam Warren gives up the, the tying home run, and, and the rest is history from there, man. But it's just like... I don't know. I, I don't know, because even at times, I'm like, with Lucchese, I'm like... Eh. I don't He's a five-starter. I think people got enamored with him. Here's the thing, and we know this as Padre fans. He was kind of like our ace by default, yeah. so we all hope that he's more than what he is. He's the same thing as, like, Jan Hervis Salarte, a moderately talented player who probably cracks most teams as either, like, their last-ditch everyday position player or back-end starter, but in all reality, because he's on... he's. He's a moderately sized fish in an empty pond. <laughs> There's nothing there. So they're like, hey, this guy's pretty good. And he's got, you know, Lucchese's funny. He's got personality. He's got charisma. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got that bro thing going on. You know? yeah. So he's cool. Kind of like, stoner. Yeah, yeah. A reefer. Yeah. Uh, but kinda, he's like, like what Solarte was like, this loud, like charismatic, fun personality with the fucking gator chop on the home runs. And <laughs> he's basically swag before we got Fran Mil Reyes. True. So it's like, yeah, we gravitated towards that because, yeah, he's not that good, but. Fuck me, I loved Jan Hermes Salarte. He was my favorite player when he was here. So I think that's why we get enamored with him, because we didn't have anything. Now we have Paddock and nobody cares, and I think we're starting to realize, like, maybe Fuego's not that good. I mean, he's better than Lucchese or Lauer, but, you know, 
It's not like significantly better. He just strikes more guys out. Yeah, on the uh, on the injury front, there's been some videos that surfaced of uh, Denilson Lamette. Oh, more where? Where are these videos? Well, at? it was the one where he's throwing the slider. It was the the shot from above the catcher. You didn't see this? No. Oh, I was showing AJ. Was, was on. it on uh, Instagram or anything? No, you won't be able to find it because it was from Friday. But oh. um, it showed him facing batters in Peoria. So I'm like, oh man, he's he's coming back soon. And dude, that slider had some bite. And, it always has. And for someone coming back from Tommy John, that slider, that's a pitcher. It's like, ooh, like, you know, I kind of worry about them throwing Is it that. really? Because I, I can't throw a slider. I know curveballs. just you and I playing catch. is taco meat central. But well, is a slider really that much torque on your elbow as opposed to a curveball? That's me personally just because when I pitched and, and my arm was feeling sore, <laughs> uh, it, was my el- or it was my elbow because yeah. of the slider. So that's just me personally. When I watch it and I, I see wonder. that slider, I'm like, oh, I don't know, like a big slider guy like Lamette. Um, but yeah, it looks sharp, dude. It looks sharp. I'll try to find the video afterwards. But now I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, when is he coming back? Because like he said, oh, I'm close. He said that on his. He I was think it was on last Instagram. Year. Yeah. So, not throwing in games. He's throwing, you know, last year. And man, hoping, our depth is getting wiped out. We do you need, know when he's supposed to come back? Was it I a think, month? I think the idea was like mid June or July when he went down. Was like. The idea of like he's probably realistic going to be back there because he had he got it early in the season in 2017, so he's out to at least April and he's got a rehab for another year. Right. Um. So well, they pushed his surgery out, so I actually didn't don't think he had it till like May. Um. So he's got a he basically has surgeries out and he's going to rehab and then they're going to take it easy because the timing of it all. So I would expect him probably be back after the All Star break. Hmm. I think they'll probably start him in like Double A. Um, and they just let him kind of work up and get some innings in. Maybe come up September yeah. or whatever. I think he'll be up before that. Now, you and I may have differing opinions on what to do with him when he comes back. I think you toss him in the bullpen. I don't think that's a bad idea. Now, As a long reliever, though, not a one-in guy, I'd like to see them build his innings up. I, I still think, like, long-term, I can see him being a guy that's just shut down in the eighth inning. Like, I've, I've said this before. He's a great eighth inning guy mm-hmm. air it out upper 90s devastating slider he's a great eighth inning guy like i want him to be like our Dellen batances light yeah like that's what i was talking about and like you you always like to say like give them every opportunity to start until yeah. they prove that they can exactly but for me i'm like what the the uh the depth that we have that's coming up and that's very close to coming up i don't know if we have that luxury anymore of having him have the opportunity to start. I feel like his future is in the pen, and no better time to start that than now when he comes back. I think it is, too. My issue with the depth is that when you really think about it, like, I think Marahone will be fine, but we have Marahone who will probably, hopefully, if he's healthy, come up later this year. I think Gore and Patino are almost locks for next year, at some point next year. Especially Gore. Yeah, especially Gore. I think especially Patino. I think Patino is... Is, is a lot closer. He's obviously not Mackenzie Gore, but I think he's closer to like Morahone than people think. Um, so I think there's some opportunity to get him some innings. Um, there's guys in front of him like Cal Quantra who I'd like to see come up. Uh, Logan Allen who I'd like to see come up. Um, now, right now, please. <laughs> to, <laughs> to get some innings. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, I do think long-term he is a bullpen guy. I think if you, if you go into next year, and you know Paddock is there, right? And you have Gore. Okay, great. We got those three guys. I guess you can throw in Lucchese. You know, Garrett Richards probably isn't going to pitch to the middle of the year next year. Anyway, I mean, he might be ready, but how many innings can you really count on? I think it's not a bad idea to think Lamette could be a starter. And then depending on, you know, if you sign anybody, make a trade. Or, you know, if guys break camp that are better than you thought. Like, then maybe you go into next year with him as the bullpen guy. Because, I mean, realistically, maybe you're right. Maybe we have Paddock, you know, Lucchese. Uh, Gore, Nix is still around as a starter. Allen, I think, will make it at some point. Uh, Morahone is going to be up at some point. Who knows what the hell's going on with Baez? I don't even think he's pitching right now. Who knows uh, what the hell's going on with Morahone? Yeah, I feel like he's no, always they already, injured. They already mentioned that he's just got some tightness, and they're going to probably. Uh, we know what that means. Shoulder tightness, not elbow tightness. God, Thank God. Dude. Thank God. But um, I think they have enough to let him do it. But I'd like to see him start just for the hell of it. But I don't mind him out of the bullpen because I think you're right. I think long term that's probably what he ends up as. Yeah. Um, and then his velocity and his slider play out. But you don't have to have as much command um, when you're only throwing to three guys a night. That's true. And that's going to be the the case. Whereas next year you're going to have to face three guys. Yeah. You know. So so stupid. It is God, stupid, but that's cool. the rules. Just like having umpires botch almost every single not almost every single, but <laughs> botch all those calls behind the plate. It's stupid, but that's how it is. So we just have yeah. to deal with it. So I I feel like he's going to be a good piece for that. And also, 
I think Strom is the guy that's give him every chance to start until he shows you that he can't. And maybe if it's, I don't know, like I don't know if it's dumb for me. And I'm like, maybe even if he is good as a starter, I feel like he is a very strong bullpen piece also. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to push all of our starters to the pen, but I'm just saying, like if you have guys like that, like having a strong bullpen, especially in the playoffs, and right now when we're just about to start making a run. Like, having a strong pen in the playoffs is huge. So if you can push those guys to the pen and maybe use the pen a little bit more to where... And when I say more, I mean, like, using guys multiple innings per outing. Um, I feel like that's big, and I feel like that's a, a, a possibility that they should be exploring. Yeah. I mean, you could always move into the pen in the playoffs anyways, right? Because nobody goes with a five-man rotation. So let's say yeah. our rotation is, you know, Paddock, Gore, and... I don't know, throw some other arm in there. Allen or something, right? Like, Mark Avages. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I think he's going to be him and Lauer, basically Bob Erland light at yeah. this point. Um, young Bob Erland with hair. Right. But um, I think depending on how the rotation shakes out, you can always push like Strom into more of like a super reliever role. You know, the way the Giants use Tim Lincecum, or the way like Andrew Miller was used as multiple innings, or things like that. So I think that's. Uh, definitely an option if they get to the uh, playoffs. But I like the idea that they push Strom as like, he's basically their number two right now. Yeah. Like it's Paddock and him, and then they're just kind of like patchworking it. Yeah. Um, really, because even though Paddock technically is the four starter as far as the rotation goes, like I view Paddock as basically their number one and Strom their number two. When those guys are on the mound, to me that's win day. Sure. And then here goes nothing the other three days. Like it's yeah. a coin flip the other three days. Yeah, as far as like who I have the most faith in, I, you have to go Paddock. Uh, well, he throws strikes, number one. <laughs> Paddock, it goes Strom, Lucchese, shit, Mark Gavichis, and then Lauer. Lauer Gavichis. <laughs> yeah. Lauer Gavichis. Either way, you can flip them. Those two are like that Spider-Man meme where they just yeah. point, at exactly. they point at each other. Yeah. That's Mauer. Lauer and Mark Gavichis. Yeah, that's that's precisely what yeah. they are. Mauer and Lauer Gavichis. I think that's what I'll start going with because uh, yeah. we need pitching so badly. But um, other highs... Um, I mean, really, I really think that's it as far as the pitching. Tatis, obviously, hopefully, I think he sounds okay. Maybe. They ordered yeah. an MRI. He's probably out for the series at the very least. I was going to say, I, I hope that he's out for the Brave series, and I hope he comes back strong for the Dodgers. Yeah, I do too. Like, if it's, if it's even close, if it's like, yeah, I think I can go, take a seat. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? man, Uncle Teddy said that today on the broadcast. Oh, he's, really? He's like, yeah. he basically said, like, hey, you know, even if he thinks he can go, take another day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might exactly. as well. You don't need to rush him um, because you have some options and there's no need to run him back out there if it's iffy. I hope he's okay and that he's ready to go by Friday. Yeah, dude. That's, that's ideal. I am praying because he's brought so much. He's brought so much. And, like, you can have a highlight reel for him in just the first month yeah. with what he's done. It's it's incredible. And the drop-off, I mean, it'd be, like, even if you move Machado to short, I think the drop-off from France to third base is not, but, like, not – it's going to be dramatic no matter what. But don't get me wrong, I like Greg Garcia, like, as a backup. I mentioned, like, I think him and France as your, like, infield backup is pretty strong. But um, the drop-off where – you can see it like just today, like the lineup, like Craig Garcia at short and Machado at third. It's like, man, that's a big dip yeah. in production. It's a huge dip in production, right? Like it's not big like time. it's not like whenever Cabrera went down and we put Amarista out there. It's like, yeah, it's a drop off, but you know, <laughs> it was it's minor. Come? It's like what one game a year, maybe, maybe two. Like Tatis to Garcia is probably five. <laughs> yeah, so true. You know, that's that's pretty brutal. So the longer he's out, the less I like our chances of actually doing anything this year. So hopefully, for the sake of galvanizing this fucking city, um, <laughs> hopefully he's not out more than like like even if he has to sit the next week against the Dodgers, it sucks yeah. that he missed that. It was his biggest series of the year to this point. I'd rather have that and have him come back like next week or so healthy. Um, well, those hamstrings linger, dude. You know. <laughs> yes, you I know. have had a torn hamstring for about a good uh, ten years now. I think yeah. my hamstring has been pulled. <laughs> those things linger, man. Like we saw with uh, with Urias. Urias, yeah. You know? Well, maybe it's... Mexican hamstrings are different than Dominican hamstrings. Could be, could be. So that's that's what we will. Uh, <laughs> that's what we'll definitely hope for. But are you uh, are you concerned? Is there any concerns you have about Tatis at this point? I'm I'm thinking particularly towards uh, K rates. Is no. he striking out too much? He's he's 20 years old. I don't think so. He's Here's the thing with Tatis. He's all struck out a lot, and then he's gradually made adjustments. The difference to this year is like, and I haven't looked up his slash line, so I don't know exactly what he's doing right now, but um, he's he's still really young. He played, what, 
40, 50 games in AA, completely script AAA. You could have made a very strong argument that it would have benefited him to play in AAA, yeah. uh, where he'd probably have 23 home runs by now. No one uh, would want to hear it. No. But yeah, you can make that argument. You could make, I mean, realistically, he'd only played, you know, 50 games in like AA. Like, it would make sense to get him some AAA time and not rush him, but lo and behold, he's ready. Um, he's a, <laughs> he has a 142. OPS plus. Wow. So no, the strikeouts are not an issue. But some people are saying that hey, you know that that might be an issue. That might be an issue. For God's sake, he sakes, strikes out too much. Do we just like look for things to bitch about? For, yes. For the love of God. Yes. Like he's got a, he's hitting forty two percent better than league average. What more do you want? <laughs> he's an amazing defensive player. Like he's been everything we could have. If he's a, a shortstop. With his defense that puts up a 142 OPS plus is an MVP every single year. There's nobody that's gonna come as good as Cody Bellinger has been. He doesn't play fucking shortstop. Yeah. Like, what more do you want out of this guy? Do you have uh, you have his numbers up there? I am looking right Tatis. at him. Um, how many times has he tried stealing a bag? Uh, let's see his base running stats. He has. He is a 6 of 8, which is 75%, which according to Moneyball, as long as you're over 70, it is worth the risk of the out. So yeah. what more do you want out of this guy? I don't care how often he strikes out. I, Dude, I want to, <laughs> well, I mean, pending how the hammy's going for him, but I want to see him every single time he's yeah. on first base run. Yeah. Fucking take off, dude. Every time you're on first base. Every time you're on first base, if you're on if you're on second base and there's one out, go. <laughs> because put yourself into that position to where you can get to where you can get uh drove in on a sack fly. Like I want to see him running every opportunity he can because dude, he's one of the fastest guys in the I league. I didn't know he was I'm like floored right now. I thought he, I, I knew he was doing well. I knew he was doing well. 30, I didn't know 30.1 feet per second. Yeah, no, I'm just tired. Elite just, speed. Just, yeah, he's, his sprint speed on the, the baseball savant uh, yeah. page is amazing. I'm just talking in general. I didn't know he was doing this. I knew he was doing well. Don't be wrong. I didn't know he was MVP Tatis yet. <laughs> through, through one month. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, his BABIP is ridiculously high. But again, he's striking out a shit ton too. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to strike out at a 30% clip. I don't know if he's going to hit 42% above the league average. Um, but... I don't think it's really an issue if he's putting up these kinds of numbers when you know he's going to adjust and he's still playing really well. Well, I really need to eat crow, dude, because I was, <laughs> I was sitting here and I was trying to be that guy that's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm straight edge. I'm right. You know, I'm right, and it's fine. You guys may not like what I have to say, but it's fine. I've been saying forever, Tatis always starts out slow. <laughs> you know, he always, hey, he always starts out slow. <laughs> so when he starts out slow this year... Don't freak out, because he's going to be just fine. That was me for the past six months. At least like, we didn't call months. him a bust. Yeah, that was me for the past six months. And sure enough, he comes up, and he's he's everything I could have imagined, dude. Well, and, the, was, and then some. Well, I was sitting there last year saying, hey, you know, he might not be ready. He broke his hand. That usually saps <laughs> your power. Yeah. You know, the Lidome stuff is fun and exciting, but he's facing, like, single and double-A guys. Yeah. You know, don't take spring training in consideration. He might need a couple of months. He hasn't played much over double-A. Boy, am I eating crow. Yeah. I we, uh, we owe John Conniff and David Jay in and out. Yes. So when Conniff comes to town. Oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, you're right. Yep. I, I think it was June. And I was like, dude, he's not coming up. <laughs> he's not coming up before June. Get real, John. I know you love prospects. But he's not coming up before June. I hate when Conniff is right, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Drives me nuts. No. Drives me nuts. He's but a nice yeah, man, man. Him and him and Paddock, they've completely turned around this organization. Like, dude, Paddock, every fifth day, I'm like, let's go. Let's he's starting go. tomorrow, right? I believe he's starting yeah. tomorrow. Every fifth day, dude, when he goes up there, the people at, put it this way, the people at work. I have a nice I have a nice group of Padre fans there. There's maybe five or six of them. They know when I when that door swings open like a saloon and I come walking through and I got my sheriff shirt on. <laughs> you have a sheriff shirt? Yeah. You have to show me what I got the there. brown sheriff shirt, <laughs> the one with the fryer throwing and the, the thing on there. They know when I when Are I Are you walking in with spurs so you walk in those kitchen <laughs> yeah. kitchen. Yeah. They know when I walk in and I'm swinging that lasso around in my brown potter hat. <laughs> 
they know it's paddock day <laughs> so yeah i gotta i gotta get that ready for tomorrow because, oh man i just um, imagine everybody stops and looks just stops what they're doing to look <laughs> the goddamn western movie yeah and dude a friend of mine <laughs> one of my friends his name's glenn he and he calls me twitter by the way because yeah, i'm on twitter all the time <laughs> so he every time i walk in the door he's like oh paddock's throwing today i was like fucking a paddock's throwing today dude <laughs> So it's like, it's it's so much fun to watch him out there, and his curveball has developed big time already. I yeah. think like it's already made leaps and bounds. Like if you look at, the, and it's not even league average yet. If you look at, it's getting there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's getting there. there. If you look at the overlays, you don't really see it pop that much because no. a lot of times when you pick up the curveball, it's because the ball pops up yeah. out of their hands, and it's not doing that as much anymore. And when you see the overlays, so it's like, man, if he's getting that down, you know what's next after that when you get the curveball down to where it's league average. Another pitch comes in. Slider? Maybe he goes slider. Maybe he goes cutter. I think if he developed a cutter, he'd be a... I put this on Twitter he's when... He's uh, already an ace, yeah. dude. Like, you look at the rest of the league and you look at Paddock, he's already an ace. His whip is ridiculous. I know people are like, well, look at his Babbitt. I think, and and somebody I'm sure will correct me or can, can back me up on this or whatever, but I think with pitcher Babbitt, it's not like, oh, he's going to go back to league average. I, I think it's league average when mediocre stuff. With him, he throws so many strikes that are not over the heart of the plate, and he locates, and his changeup is just disgusting. Oh, yeah. That maybe it's not going to stay where it's at right now, but I think he could be one of those guys that, because he walks so few people, um, you know, he's not giving up hard contact, that his his normal batting average uh, against on balls in play is normally going to be low. Yeah, yeah, that's but, true. But you're right about the curveball, because somebody posted something, and I, and I retweeted and said, Good luck when it finds to be when it gets to league average, fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna hit anything, dude. Good it's, luck. Yeah, pitching is all about disrupting the timer's hitting or the batters. The, the batters. timer's batting. Yes. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I swear I'm not drunk <laughs> or stoned. I did not inject any marijuanas. You know what I mean? And he does that well, man. He does that well. And like you, you're see, all riled up over here, man. You you're see, flustered. Yeah, I know. I'm blushing. You see some of the the swings that he gets on that changeup. Like you see Vogelback, dude. Embarrassing. <laughs> the fastball up. Yeah, the fastball up. And you know. <laughs> why he swings at that because he's really good at changing planes you he know is I mean? and he tunnels everything comes yeah. out of the same release we talked about this uh if you guys haven't looked it up please look up carlos Pena's thing on mlb network for uh, youtube about pitch tunneling yeah comes out of the same fucking release spot it's almost like you're throwing it at a board so it's going through that same hole but how the pitch is going you know moving once it gets to that point is the tunneling he yeah. throws a fucking fastball in the changeup in the same goddamn tunnel poor volgo back swinging at a ball above his head <laughs> he's so polished dude already and like the thing that I like about him is like his delivery is so repeatable, and I feel like that's why his mechanics are so clean. And it's it's real simple. It looks he, like rich man Andrew Kashner. Step back, yeah. step forward, leg yeah. up. It's real simple, dude. But it's one, so effective. two, three, strike three. It's so effective, man. And I just I love watching him pitch. And it's like has he given up a dinger yet? Yeah, yeah. He gave up. Uh, he's given up uh, like three. Has he? Yeah, I want to say he's given up three. Oh, um, but oh. yeah, he he definitely oh. has. But just watching him out there and, and knowing... I mean, it's no secret, dude. I love rednecks. <laughs> I love rednecks. And he... God Living damn vicariously, it, are you? Yes. And when him and Gore are in the same rotation, dude, you have him and Gore... Um, you're going to have... Uh, and these guys aren't rednecks, but Tatis and Machado. <laughs> like, you have all these guys and throwing Urias in the mix because he eventually will get Sounds there. Sounds like a very riveting episode of The Lone Ranger. The team's going to be so much more fun to watch. Like, it is. Just the, you have just a bunch of red jump, asses on the team. Just the jump from, from last year to this year... I feel like there's going to be an equal amount of a jump from this year to like the next wave. It's going to be like, a fucking party 162 times a year. It feels yeah, like. it's it's like the next wave isn't going to like wipe out the guys that are currently here. It's going to supplement them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel like once we get this mix of guys up here, God, man, it's just like that's why when you look at it big picture, I try not to get too pissed off when they fall into slumps, they fall into losses. I try not to get pissed off because I try to look big picture and where we're at now. And I signing Machado really, really fast forwarded that, and yeah. I, I couldn't be happier for it. But seeing where they're at now, seeing the future, and seeing how close the future is coming is what gets me so excited about this team. It, it's it's insane. But I do have one thing that that I want to mention, and I love this guy. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna every like two or three words that I say, I'm gonna go ahead and um, and uh, put in as you pour your own water. <laughs> I'm going to put in the fact that to say, I love this guy because I don't want people taking like, oh, hey, listen to what Eric said and adding this guy because I love this guy. Mark Grant. 
I have one bone to pick with Mark Grant. Oh, this will be good. And it's something that I notice, and maybe I'm hypersensitive to the fact um, because I don't like this particular player. I don't like where this is going. Have Let's you? I, I've noticed with him that he really makes it a point, and I love Mark Grant. He always makes it a point to to really show when, and I love Mark Grant when Austin Hedges. Oh, hey, that's a catcher's run saved. That's a CRS, Don. I love Mark Grant. He's re- but he's really making a point to be like, hey, look at that awesome frame. I love Mark Grant. That's an awesome frame job by Austin Hedges. He's he's really, really keen on pointing that out. I love Mark Grant. He's really keen on pointing that out. And I'm sitting there, and I feel like he doesn't do the same for Mejia. I love Mark Grant. I feel like he doesn't do the same for Mejia. I don't want you fuckers slicing this up. That's why I, I love Mark Grant. That's why I keep saying it. But I, I notice it. I notice it. And he's like, look at the play by Hedges. And like I feel like he goes out of his way. You can hear the bias. I love Mark Grant. You can hear the bias when he's talking about Austin Hedges. And I'm sitting there. Wait, wait, like, wait. You love Mark Grant. I love Mark Grant. a little longer that time. God, I love Mark Grant. I do too. But I hear it, and I'm like, I hear you, mud. I hear you. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you pick that up at all, or is it just me? Am I hypersensitive to it? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, right now I don't have cable. Or internet, so um, I've been hit or miss on the game. Tough scene, yeah, tough scene, yeah, broke scene. That's great. I'm um, sure that that's where our listeners want to hear. Is that no? You I don't... mean, I, I keep up on the game. Oh, I'm not. I'm not watching. No, I'm listening. <laughs> I listen. Like I have the radio on usually, um, or I'll you know I have the updates on Twitter. I'll live yeah. stream it from my phone. Yeah. Um, when I'm not busy, but um, I I do agree with you. I love Mark Grant too. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there is a, uh, a a difference in how he calls the game. We still love you, Mud. Yeah. But in terms of uh, when Mejia's catching, when Hedges catching, and I would assume it's just because Grant's a pitcher, um, That's or he a was point. a pitcher, and so I think he appreciates certain things that Hedges does that Mejia maybe doesn't necessarily do. Like the whole oh Hedges made that great play. I'm like. Dude, me, he has a fucking rocket for an arm. Yeah. Let's not pretend like he's got some fucking lollipop thrower back there. Like, he's not throwing pies. Like, I think Mejia's got a pretty good chance to throw a guy out like Hedges does, and he's not unathletic either. Right. Um, but I also think there's this narrative that Hedges is like a glue guy, and he's this grinder and gamer, and man, you just can't replace Austin Hedges. Yeah. And it's like, so I, I do think there's some favoritism there. I think part of it is because, you know... Hedges makes it a point to make himself really likable and doing all his goofy shtick that he does. Yeah. Um, to the point where Manny Machado rolls his eyes and gifs. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I also think it's because Grant was a pitcher and he probably appreciates it more. Um, See, no, that makes sense yeah. to me. Being somebody that's been there and, and can appreciate, like, man, that guy basically saved my ass this inning. Yeah. Um, you know, and he calls the game and stuff. But, you know, Mejia called a really good game for Paddock the other day, you know, and, and I put the numbers up there. I got it from Reddit. So don't shoot me. Go to Reddit. <laughs> um, but I got it from Reddit um, with the StatCast numbers where, framing-wise, Mejia is not that much less than Hedges. There's other aspects involved, of I course. I wonder what but... sample size does to those numbers, though. Well, Mejia has about half. The, it counts per pitches that are on the... So it basically takes the strikes. And I'll just give you guys an idea. Take a piece of paper, like on a notebook, and you're going to count the four corners. It counts those. And then it, it also counts uh, uh, additional just four corners on their own. So it's, you know, the whole sides of the papers plus the corners. And it takes all their pitches and aggregates them into a, a percentage of how many strikes in these areas are they converting... Or how many pitches of these are they converting into strikes? Hedges is, I think, around 51% or 50%, and Mejia was around 48 Better than Francisco Cervelli, who's considered elite. Uh, better than Yadier Molina, who I don't know how he's been viewed as, as a framer in his in his career, but is clearly a, a, you know viewed as a great defensive catcher. So Mejia's not that bad. I do think Hedges is a better receiver from a standpoint of blocking pitches. I have no idea about the game calling. I really don't know if they call their own games or not. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But... Um, I, I can see Grant favoring him just because, uh, you know. We not, love Mark Grant. Yeah, we love Mark Grant. Not for anything other than he really likes Hedges. Um, he's known Hedges since Hedges was a rookie. Yeah. So it's probably more of like a, a foundation, you know, of a relationship there. And because he was a pitcher. So he can appreciate, you know, a no-hit catcher who's really good offensively or see, defensively. See, that that really does make a lot of sense. It, and. I do think it's because I'm hypersensitive <laughs> to that because I, I really, I really want to see Mejia get get that opportunity, and that's I've made that 
you know, very, yeah. very clear. But it's just like, I also notice, and dude, I don't know, I'm protective of Mejia, okay? Like, I'm sitting there and... and I think he gets crapped on for no reason other than, like, people really don't take... They think because he's 21 years old, and he's, I think he's 23, actually. 23. But he's always oh, should be a finished product. Hedges was in, like, AAA, and he hadn't hit a lick pretty much his entire life. At 23 years old. Yeah, and anytime there's a t- there's a play where you know, like, hey, um, let's say uh, Mejia he he drops a strike, which is a bad look. It's it's a terrible look uh, when you drop a strike. Brand, uh, Webb seven pitch save. Padres lose. That's just great. Uh, Padres now. Oh, the game's already over, huh? Padres now 16 and 13. Well, that was worst case scenario. We still finished three games above 500. Yes, we did. Um, but any any time after Mejia does something, and it's hey, yeah, that's maybe not a good look, but you know, a normal person say, hey, you know, that's a rookie. It's whatever. Fox Sports San Diego, the camera crew, they're against him too because you see him and they'll they'll really hone in on Mejia like for a long period of time, and it's just well, like he's sitting there like waiting for him to sulk. Yeah, like in the like at the Seals game, shame, shame, <laughs> shame. Yeah, that's it's it's I don't know. I'm just protective, but whatever. And again, I I do think there's a bit of an unfair bias for whatever reason towards Hedges. Like he's great defensively. Don't get me wrong. But you can't and have no a f- one. The people that are pro Mejia, like no one's sitting there saying, "Oh, Hedges sucks." Defensively. I said that the other day. No one. I said the other everybody's like, "Oh, to say Hedges isn't better now." I'm like, nobody's saying he's not a better defensive catcher now. We don't know about offense because Mejia clearly has the higher ceiling. Hedges, you you can't argue to not give Mejia more at bats when Hedges has a fucking 6.46 OPS. He has a 2.46 on base. His career on base is 2.58. Like. Last year, 282 was an improvement over 262. <laughs> like, he can't hit, guys. I'm sorry. He runs into some home runs, yes, but reality is he's 26. He can't hit. Like, yeah. he's had enough at-bats. He's had almost 1,000 plate appearances. We know this is who he is. He's dreadful. He's dreadful offensively. He fucking struck out miserably today to start the, to start his game. Like, this is who he is. He can't hit. He'll run into some bombs. He's charming and he's handsome and he's amazing defensively. He's Brad Osmus. <laughs> That's who he is. He's Brad Osmus. So he's a future manager? Yeah, he's a future manager who's going to throw his rookie out there for 80 pitches and three innings and not yank or a 50-pitch first <laughs> inning and not yank him. That's who he is. You know, it's like, oh, and I like Hedges, and I don't mind him starting, but I've been pitching this for a while now. Like, there's no reason Mejia can't catch somebody like Paddock. Paddock doesn't need Hedges. He doesn't need Hedges because Paddock throws strikes anyways. And he does, he's not going to Oh, but you know, Francisco Mejia, he cost Chris Paddock about 10 strikes that game. According to who? According to Twitter scouts. Yes, but do we have actual factual numbers on this? I don't no? know. We don't know? Well, I nonetheless. Know. No, but, I mean, like, Paddock... And that's another thing. Hold on. That's another thing that really pisses me off. Oh, you know, Hedges would have framed that every time he is in there. I'm like... Yeah, he would have framed it, but like these people realize we need to count on the umpires to make the call. Like yeah. ultimately, it's up to the umpires because there's a lot of times. Yeah, sure, Hedges. Is I could have fucking framed it. Doesn't mean it's gonna be called a strike. Sure, Hedges is a great framer. That's that's fantastic. But there's a lot of times where guess what? These umpires suck. So even Austin Hedges can frame that shit. Fucking Bob Vila can frame it. Doesn't matter who frames it. <laughs> Bob Vila. That umpire yeah. sucks, and he's not gonna call it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, it drives me nuts. Bob, I don't know if I want Bob Vila framing anything. He built his own house that then got washed away. <laughs> so drives Bob, me nuts. Bob Vila. So, drives so me nuts. Rude. But I'm sorry, what were you saying? I'm really protective of Mejia. I don't know if you guys you pulled a Bob Vila reference out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh man. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that like I think you I think you need to, to split more time because I think I don't think they're doing Mejia any favors for himself or the team. Like, Mejia can hit. We know he can hit. It's just a matter of he needs to get reps. And again, with defense, the Indians messed around with him and took him off catcher. So he's behind. And he wants to get better. His framing is not as bad as we thought it was going to be. I don't think his game calling is that bad. I think his receiving could use some work, blocking the balls and whatnot. But he's not going to get better until we give him more reps. I, I view like Grandal and JT Romuto as not comps, like that's what he could be, but as guys that 
kind of come from two different spectrums where the Marlins just went, ran with Real Muto. Real Muto sucks at framing, at least up until like the last couple years. He was brutal. And he wasn't really that good offensively. He just progressively got better. But imagine if the if the Marlins just said, now nah, we're going to run Jeff Mathis out there 100 times a year and, you know, Real Muto can catch the other games. Because that's what they're on pace to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with uh, Grandal. Like, Grandal was here, and he played a lot. But they basically ran Rene Rivera out there half the time. And then it got to a point where Grandal was basically ostracized and jettisoned to the Dodgers and turned into an all-star. Yeah. So, and, you know, he was not viewed as a great um, defensive catcher from a standpoint of, like, blocking balls. But to me, Mejia can be that. He can be a good framer because it's a, to me it's a skill, which might be made irrelevant if we get the automatic strike zone. Please, God. Oh, for the, I'm sorry, Uncle Teddy, but I need it. Yeah. I need it. Don't worry, you won't see a big box back there with lights going off. This yeah. is a 1960 Star Trek. One time, uh, God. <laughs> one time. <laughs> he already had Emberg at your wedding. Why don't you relax one time? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just don't think it's beneficial to have Mejia playing 35% of the time. He's not going to get better from it. And as a team, you're not going to benefit from his development either because he's never playing. And catcher is a position where, like, when Hedges was rotting on the bench, they basically wasted a year of Hedges um, because they kept giving the the starts to Norris, which was fine. Hedges probably wasn't ready. He should have never came up. But still, the point stands that you let a guy who you think is your future rot because you wanted to go with another guy instead of at least splitting time. I'm not asking for him to be, you know, given – every single start or start 50% or 60% of the time. I think, you know, you give Hedges the tougher guys, the guys like Margavichis and Lauer who need the strikes, maybe give, um, you know, uh, Mejia, Strom, or uh, Paddock and Lucchese, and just split Strom. You know, okay, one guy goes Strom, the other guy goes Strom, and create some kind of rotation where you're getting Mejia fuck, four or five more at-bats a week. Yeah, because I think that'd be beneficial, and it benefits the Padres. Now, when they do that, when they eventually do it, let's say in a perfect world, they eventually do that, which I'd be happy with too. They eventually do that. They Kinsler's gone, Urias is getting the everyday at bats. What are we going to complain about at that point? Because we have to have something to bitch about, right? Probably like, the rotation. That's our. That's the whole basis of our podcast is basically us complaining. The so what are we going to bitch about? Probably at that point? Andy Green. Yeah, but like, what what would Andy do that we bitch about? Lineup construction? Uh, Not sitting Hosmer against tough lefties? Yeah, that that could be it too. Um, I don't know what we complain about. Not going out and having the balls to trade all these prospects because we're prospect huggers. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got about ten minutes left. What well, what do you see? What well, we'll just say the rest of the season. Like like, what do you think going from here? What do you see happening? Well, I have to look up their schedule, but I think it's going to definitely be tougher because um, the Rockies waxed us pretty good. Um, I think the Diamondbacks, I think they're in third place, um, and they're right behind us. They're a lot better. Than the Dodgers series is going to say a lot to me, I think, if Tatis is, is playing. I think whether Tatis plays or not, the Dodgers series is going to be kind of like a really hard reality check for the Padre fans who are overestimating how good the team really is because they're not a bad team, yeah. but their run differential ain't good. I feel like they, they play to their competition. So that's why I feel like it's gonna yeah, be a good I, series against the Dodgers because like they played the Reds and they were dog shit against the Reds. They were, you know what I mean. So I feel like they play to their competition. So I'm I'm pretty intrigued to see how uh, Friday through Sunday. I, I think they'll be competitive with the Dodgers. I just think that the Dodgers, the thing with the Dodgers is that they're a fully realized product. You know they're True. they're full they're a fully realized product. They're a well well oiled machine. The only complaint I'd ever have against the Dodgers is I think their manager's a nincompoop. But other than that. Um, I, I think for the most part, they're probably one of the best-ran organizations in the league, and they're a fully realized you know, concept. Whereas the Padres are kind of getting there. like You can see it kind of coming. It's like, okay, we got you know the left side of the infield. We like the outfield now. And I want to ask you something about the outfield in a second, but you know, we're, we're really starting to get there. I think it's going to be a true test. I think it's going to say a lot about the season. I would expect the run differential is going to catch up to them. The one-run games, the constant use of the bullpen. Like, Kirby Yates going to have 30 saves by June <laughs> at the rate he's going. Yeah. So unless they do something like bring up a Lamette or a Baez or an Al or a Quantrill to get more innings out of the pen, um, I can't see them regressing and playing 500 ball the rest of the way. But if they do that, where they play 28 games, so they have 134 134 left, like, they can go 500 the rest of the way through. I'd be okay with that. Do you see any, any situation in which they trade Kirby Yates? They, to me, would have to be floating around 500 um, to do it and probably below 500. I, I feel think, like you don't really care for like the closer role, but I feel like you need to have a viable solution if I you trade I think you need him. to have at least... You need least, to have someone that can step in and do it, whether it's yeah. Wingenter or who. 
Um, you need to have someone that can step in and do I it. I think, and I don't think Winter's a guy because he lacks command. Like, the True. thing that I liked about Kirby Yates and what I liked about Brad Hand. Kirby's elite, man. He They throw fucking strikes. Yeah. Like, I know people look at... God, we miss Jose Castillo already. Yeah, true. <laughs> I know people look at, um, you know, wing and turn like, oh, he throws hard. He's got a wipeout slider. He has no idea where the hell that's going. Well, he's just slinging lunch pizza up there and to hoping that the guy point, that lands on the plate. To that point, we're all really excited for Munoz, but he walks a ton of guys too. I haven't actually looked at Munoz's stuff or Reyes's stuff, to be honest with you. To see. Munoz walks a yeah. lot of guys. See, so. that's the thing is that I think they could. You got to know where it's going. I think they could trade Gates. Depending on how far away they are. If they're in a situation like 2015 where I think when the deadline came, they were only like five games out of 500. They were you know, realistically still in the wild card. Um, I think they'd hold on to him. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a contract extension, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I would there. like that, honestly. I, I wouldn't be against it. I ate shit on the Brad hand. I ate crow on that. So by all means, it worked the last fucking, <laughs> worked the last fucking time. You might as well do it again. Um, and I think Gates might be a little bit better than uh, Brad hand. Yeah. Um, because you don't have the righty platoon issue. But um, I, I think I think depending on where they had the record, if they're still right around five hundred. I would be okay not trading um, to get somebody else. I'd be okay with them making a trade to add. Honestly, hmm. you know, like I really think, and I hope he keeps pitching like shit. I really think the Mets are going to get, or I, I believe the Mets might get to a point where if the Nationals pick it up, you know, the Mets could fall out of contention or they're like one, you know, if if, if uh, DeGrom is bad and they start to, like, that, that's going to hurt them a lot. So I think the Mets could be in a position where, like, they have to make some moves to clear up some roster space or add some talent. Like, I'd look into Syndergaard. I'd even look into, I mean, you only have him for a year and a half, but you need an arm and next year's the year. So I would be okay with them picking up Stroman at the deadline. You know, if the if the Blue Jays aren't in it and giving up a decent package there, because if they're going to be around 500, you might as well add with the idea of we're adding not just now, but we're adding for next year. Like this is a move towards maybe we can kind of come up on a second half run, but this is a move towards next year. I like that. I like- if they're close to five, if they're like 10 games out, like we're 81 games in, and they're like they've got like 30 wins, then yeah, they they need to tear down a little bit and move some guys like Stammen and Yates. Yeah. I can see Stammen getting moved more than Yates, but. If they're close to 500, or even if they're only like five games under, I would like to see them kind of add on for next year. Make a move and say, hey, you know what? We're not going through the same rebuild stuff. We're going to move some prospects that are kind of depth guys like a Naylor and a Potts, and we're going to try to get somebody that can help next year. I like that line of thinking a lot. You know, as far as what, what I think is going to happen... It's nice to not think like a loser, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I think is going to happen going forward is you mentioned the run differential. I feel like that's going to, that's going to start to balance itself out. I feel like the, the bats are going to come to life. I feel like we're going to start to see the offense be much more of what it was like in spring training as opposed to what it's been like in the first uh, month of the season, which they haven't been terrible. I no. feel like a lot of the times they're really, really aggressive. They're and really I, strikeout prone. They really are. Like I, I feel sometimes, I feel like sometimes like, hey, work the count. Like, don't be afraid to work the count, guys. But like, I, I feel like the bats are going to come to life. I feel like the bats are really going to take off. Uh, hopefully soon, dude. Hopefully this next homestand they start to pick up. Well, they've but- had some struggles. Like Hosmer. I mean, Hosmer looks like he's starting to pick it up um, a little bit. His. I, I mentioned this, and I don't know how true it is. Maybe somebody can look it up. But his leg kick looks a little bit more pronounced. Like okay. it's like a his. It looks like I would guess he's starting his leg kick earlier and getting it higher. I don't know what the intention is with that. Maybe try to get more out in front. But he looks like he's starting to come around a little bit. Um, you know, Reyes has kind of cooled off again. Machado's cooled off a little bit. Tatis has been the man. There's there's no doubt in that. Yeah. Um, Will has kind of cooled off, but we know Will. Like he goes through he goes through spurts. Um, my concern is how much more leash do you give Manny Margot? Because I was thinking like maybe he's starting to break out. But then I looked up his stat cast numbers and his slash line, and it's just... Well, who else are you going to put out there? Well... If, if Franchi was there, then yeah, well, yeah hey, give, yeah, Fran- you know, give Franchi a choice. But there's there's no one else there. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? That is a fair point. Are you bring mean? up Robbie Podorsky? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, they already have him on the 40-man, which means I would assume he's close. Like, is Gettys? No, fuck, not that guy. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I, we were asking uh, John Connor if we might get a. You know, we might have him on next week because he's supposed to be uh, traveling out to see some uh, some of the minor league guys. Oh, but yeah. Edward Oliveris, I think is. I really? Wonder, I wonder how close he's that's already. Our, that's Dylan's boy. He's already in Double A. Yeah. Um, does Vlad Junior know about Edward? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, um, <laughs> he already. He's already in Double A. He's supposedly hitting pretty well. I haven't looked him up, but um, I I wonder, you know, how how close is it and how realistic is it? 
if if he's uh, if he's there, or do the Padres maybe make a move to try to get? I still um, want to see Margot get every chance. Like, I do too, but I, I wonder how long is the leash. By my the way, leash is going to be really long for the, for Margot. The Padres are twenty six of thirty in walk rate, so yeah, they could uh, they could use some help on the uh, on that end here. Yeah, please, like, like take a pitch. I'm begging you, take a pitch. <laughs> like that that doesn't mean that you're an eight year old that's that's you know not wanting to swing the bat or whatever the hell. Uh, Kevin Acey said about um, Luis Urias, like you can work the count a few times. It doesn't have to just be Machado that's that's working the count. It can be it can be anyone. Yeah. You know, uh, Hunter Renfro. If you if you put your mind to it, <laughs> Renfro is what he is. You guy. can draw a walk. <laughs> He's <but>. Mark Trumbo. <laughs> that's what he is. Who can play left field better than Mark Trumbo? Yeah. Well, but, uh, I, I think I think all things included, it, it's been a successful first month. Absolutely. I think far better than we ever expected. It's been eventful. You know, we, we've had the Kinsler hate. Uh, we've been in first place for a little while. We've been in first place in a little while. Place. There's, oh. It's been a lot of fun to watch the relationship between Tatis and Machado. To watch that banter, it's been great. Did you see the video? I forgot who posted it, but um, it's showing when they're throwing the ball around the diamond. And, oh. and Tatis takes like a rock and throws <laughs> yeah. it at Machado. Yeah. I love that, dude. Like, that's been so much fun to watch. I think it's the know? other one where he told him, uh, you know, don't try to put so much on it on the throw next time. And yeah. he walked it over to him. Yeah, he walked it over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like there's you know there, there's that stuff that makes it a lot oh. of fun to watch and and it, it adds to the excitement of having a great team. Uh, we we live through the uh, the bush league. Uh, we live through the bike chains and. When are they gonna come out with Fernando Tatis replica necklace night? I don't know. That is a fucking sellout on a Friday night waiting to happen. They should do it at like beer fest. It's been a lot of fun so far. So um, before we get out of here, this week we did not do the Padres Twitter segment. We didn't do the phone-in segment because, like I said, I don't want to get stale. I want to keep it fresh. I want you guys to, to have a, a week in between calls where you can kind of work on your craft and rehearse your re- rehearse your calls like the callers work did for, your for, uh, for Jim Rome. You guys can rehearse it and, you know, memorize it and get it all ready. But um, did you know that the Quintelligence podcast originally had a call-in segment. I didn't know that, no. Or a call-in feature. No, I didn't know that. Okay, so I knew this, and they had mentioned on the last episode of Quintelligence. I knew that they had it because uh, when I used to, before I had my iPhone. Was this when they said uh, Ryan Schimpf was going to be our all-star rep? No, this was back when I was slumming it on my Android. Ah. Um, I would have to go to their actual website to listen to the podcast. So I would do that because they're not on Google Play. Yeah. You know, at the time, thanks to Marver, um, <laughs> I went to their website and I saw, hey, if you want to call the podcast, here's the link. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, that's funny. That I've I've never heard them mention phone yeah. calls. I was I've just never, gonna ask, did they ever bring it up like on the show? Or? I've never heard them bring it up. I've never heard them ask for calls or anything. So I mean, maybe they just don't want them. And then I hear Mar, or I hear HJ, and uh, he's like, dude, do you know how many bits we missed out on? And like, if we do it now, then we're just biting off the five five guys. <laughs> And Marver's like, oh, there were some good bits in there. And HJ's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so Marver was sitting there actively, like, shooting down uh, bits and calls and, like, people that were calling. So the whole time when the link was there, I could have called and, and tried to start my own shitty bits. Um, but I just didn't know that that was an option. So I guess it, it's our thing now. But uh, maybe we'll, we'll bring it back next week. Maybe. Don't worry. I heard all of you were upset that we weren't going to do it this week. But... <laughs> Calm down. We're gonna come back to you. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Also, um, starting next week. So this is kind of a big, a big announcement that I want to get out of the way before, um, before we get out of here because we're we're just about done for the day. Um, there's gonna be a, a third podcast host full time. I've, I've made the decision. Add. Do you know who it is? No, I don't know who it is. I'm hearing this for the first time. Um, Stephen Woods. He's a free agent now. Oh. My ten night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I might as well leave. Yeah. I'm just Bringing kidding. the 1090 to you, and uh, I guess uh, I'll be throwing my resume out there. Yeah, dude. It's such a bummer. Yeah, so today, today's the day, Monday, where, where 1090 is officially gone. Their yeah. stream is gone, dude, and it kills me. It absolutely kills me, and that's 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 why I said it. Because my, my, my way of getting through shitty situations is Joking. to make... Like equally shitty jokes about it, like really, really dark, insensitive jokes. jokes. Yes. Like you guys think I'm bad on Twitter, dude. Like I have a dark yes. sense of humor. Yes, There's I a know. lot of stuff that like that people see in DMs and texts and stuff, but I would never dare put it out on Twitter <laughs> because because it's. If uh, only they'd have known us when Jose Fernandez died. <laughs> <laughs> Hell in a handbasket punched our first first class ticket. Fuck that guy, dude. He killed multiple <laughs> people. Anyways, um, yeah. not Aaron, but we're. Huh? Not Aaron Hernandez. Huh? 
Jose Fernandez, his act. I might cut this out of the podcast. You should. His his accident killed multiple people. Like, yeah. where are you? Are yeah, you- but I'm talking about the. I'm talking. Oh no! He was I guess, high on coke. I guess they both killed multiple people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're a train wreck, dude. Um, anything else before we're done? Yeah, just cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in because you're an asshole and it's you're an okay. idiot. All right, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. I love Mark Grant.